Welcome back to the Healthy Moms Podcast with Katie from wellnessmama.com. In this episode, Katie talks with pharmacist and health expert Mary Lee Snodgrass about the best ways to combine conventional and natural medicine to find real answers for common health problems. As a veteran pharmacist with decades of experience, Mary Lee understands the role of conventional medical treatment when needed, but her extensive research and continuing study has helped her find ways to use medication in necessary situations, but also address the body as a whole through lifestyle and nutrition. In this episode, learn her best tips for taking control of your own health and working with your doctor to find lasting solutions. To help you discover your own health answers, Mary Lee has offered her PDFs showing the cascade of pharmaceuticals that can occur from taking just one medication. To get this and all other bonuses from past episodes, join our community at wellnessmama.com forward slash podcast. That's wellnessmama.com forward slash podcast. Mary Lee, in the past we've talked about um, hormone health, and we've talked about over-medication and the problems in our system, and we've talked about cholesterol and heart health and all of these different um, just issues that we're seeing and that you've seen firsthand in recent decades go up so quickly um, and why what the root causes are. And I feel like we've really covered a whole lot of ground in the last three episodes. And in this one, what I would love to do is really tie together um, what I think is so beautiful about your approach of tying in the conventional approach and the natural approach and working together with them, not shunning either one, which I feel like doctors at times can shun the, the holistic side completely. And at the same time, there are people on the holistic side that shun the medical side completely when there is a time and a place for that. Um, so we really touched on how there's the twofold problem of doctors being so overwhelmed and so busy because of all these health problems that they truly can't address every problem as much as maybe they would even like. And I know I've talked to doctors who are just as frustrated as we are with the system and the problems. Um, but then the other side is that as patients, we don't, sometimes don't know where to look for answers and we can't either can't or won't take responsibility for our health. And that sometimes that might be a patient that doesn't want to do the hard stuff, doesn't want to make the dietary changes. Um, but it could also be someone like me, and I think a lot of people listening may be able to relate to this, that for years I knew that there was something wrong with my health, but I truly could not get answers for it. And so in my own life, just to share an example of that, I started having hormone-related type problems, especially after college, and it was a lot of um, the root causes that we've talked about. I basically created those problems for myself, and I'll take responsibility for that with lack of sleep, tons of stress, a terrible diet, always being on the go, um, just being very type A and studying nonstop, taking, I think I had 24 hours a semester a couple times, and just really kind of running myself into the ground. And so just like you've already explained, Um, that can create a lot of deficiencies. And for me, those deficiencies started showing up as thyroid problems, which um, I believe there is a genetic component there also that tends to run in my family. But I think I also threw myself into that long before it ever should have been a genetic issue. Um, But the frustrating part was I was feeling so bad. I knew something had to be wrong. And a general doctor, the first one I went to, um, didn't really know what was wrong. Tests looked normal. And even when I was having our first couple of children, the um, 
OBGYNs would test me and they would say things were normal. And so I wasn't getting any answers from doctors. So I started researching and that's always been my default. And it's probably yours too, is to start researching when you can't find answers. (laughs) Dr. Google. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Which, I mean, that could be its own problem. You get on WebMD too much and you're convinced you're dying of every kind of cancer imaginable. But um, so I had started researching and was finding a lot of the same research that we've talked about and realizing that I thought I had a hormonal imbalance, especially with the thyroid. Um, but I couldn't find a doctor who was willing to listen and I couldn't find a doctor who was willing to do the right test. Like we talked about, it's more than just testing TSH or T4. And it literally took me six years and eight doctors before I could get any answers to those problems. And that's part of the reason that I'm so passionate about, um, writing on the blog and this podcast and just sharing information with other moms, because I know how horrible that was for me. And I know that there are a lot of people who are in that place that feel like, I know there's a problem, I've researched it, I'm ready to take responsibility for it, but I don't even know where to start to find answers. And so that's why I get so hopeful and encouraged when I find people like you who are on the medical side, who have had the education, who have the research and who have that, and who have also um, learned about the nutritional side and learned about the lifestyle side and are willing to try to be on the front lines of uniting those two so that we can actually find answers for people. Um, So I would love to hear just first, Talk us through how has it been working in the pharmacy? We've talked about the um, the overarching theory of a lot of these and how medications affect nutrient levels, but you're working with real people, with real names and real problems. And so what have you seen in people who are willing to take responsibility and work with their doctors and work with you and address their lifestyle as well? Are you seeing positive changes from that? Well, when I first got into this um, nine, ten years ago when I was learning about all this, the medications and the stress and the food, Um, I got real emotionally charged with my patients and I'm filling the prescriptions, filling those big bags full of medications and I'm saying, oh my goodness, how can this patient do this? I've got to reach out to her. Uh, How can they drive a car? They cannot function. This is terrible. How so sad. And I went with that for a long time and it just wore me out and I was trying to approach these patients and trying to get them to change their lives, but they weren't ready. And so what I found out, the best thing to do is put my work out there. Most of the times the patients will come to you when they're ready because these are big changes and they're they're hard, but they're so worth doing. So it's, um, I feel like when you tell the patient why they're feeling like they are, why they might have this disease, uh, why you have this symptom, and just Talk to them about their food, what they're eating and drinking, and their, how to manage stress. Many, many, many times they they are so open to it, and their first words they say is, why didn't my doctor tell me this? Why has nobody told me this? Why didn't I hear this? And I say, because we're not taught this. That's why. I had to learn this on my own, and doctors are eventually going to have to learn it on their own practitioners are going to have to learn this too so i feel like they are very receptive once they understand because they people understand common sense and so you just show them they they will respond to it now you're always going to have those out there that do not want to make the changes and they're happy to take the pills and that's okay you know with those i'm gonna manage them as best as i can give them as good advice as i can in regard to their medication and and it's okay it's okay yeah, exactly. You can only, the whole, you can't, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't force him to drink. Exactly. And, um, that's how I hope with the blog that my approach comes across as well, is that I'm not trying ever to force anything on anyone, but I know that there are, are a lot of people looking for answers, and those are the people that I'm so glad that they're hopefully going to be able to find them more and more in the future. Um, 
I also think it's interesting, and um, we talked about this a little bit, but I'd love to talk about it here, about um, all the ads for pharmaceuticals. We touched on that mm-hmm. a little bit, but it's almost like we're programmed because every other commercial is, ask your doctor if you need this, and half the time you don't even know what the medication is. It's just telling you to ask your doctor if you need it. And um, a, a funny anecdotal story about that, when I was pregnant with my first son, I was sitting in um, the OB's office, and I was actually already in the, um, the room waiting for him and in the gown that they get you in and all that stuff, and freezing. And I'm sitting there on this table for an hour, and I can hear the doctor in the next room. And I'm sure he had to be as annoyed as I was. There was this older woman, I think she's probably menopausal, literally going through questions of medications that she had written down from watching TV commercials. Well, do I need this medication? It's said oh. to ask my doctor if I need this. And she must have gone through 40 or 50 of them. And so let's talk about that, how this is kind of an ingrained response in our society. You know, we are only one of two countries in the whole wide world that allow pharmaceutical companies to advertise on television. Um, another way, I'm glad I'm old, Back in, we first got into pharmacy, you know, back in the 80s and even the 90s, these pharmaceutical companies were not allowed to advertise in anything but a medical journal. Now they're in the newspapers, they're in magazines, and they're on every other commercial. If you just sit and watch TV for 30 minutes, you're going to see pretty much a pharmaceutical company every time a commercial comes on. And they make it seem so normal and so easy, and this is what we're supposed to do. I believe the latest one is... um, opioid-induced constipation from taking pain medicines. Well, I mean, we've got that just, that to me just took it to the nth degree. So it just, they make it seem so normal and that it's expected of us to get on medicines and that's not the truth. It is not normal to be on medications unless we absolutely need it. Yeah, exactly. And that's what's amazing to me is just like you said, there are so many ads for it. And of course, everybody in the ads is happy and fit and healthy and on all these pharmaceutical drugs. And it's every other commercial. And a lot of them, it's to fix the side effects of the one that it was just on. Um, but True. it just seems so normal. And even the, the all the different medications that you've mentioned by their names in the past few episodes... I realize I only know them because of TV commercials because I'm not on them, and I don't even watch that much TV, and I know them. So it's, it's kind of crazy how ingrained that is. Um, but now that you've given us so much information to help us understand and be able to reclaim responsibility for our, our health and not to just always depend on a doctor, let's talk about some of the specific steps that you would encourage patients to work with their doctors and caregivers more effectively to get real answers. Because like we've said in, I think, every episode, there is a time and a place, and conventional medicine can be very helpful at times. But what are some great ways that patients can work with a doctor to try to find actual answers and not just always get a prescription? Well, first of all, you have to find the doctor that will. That's the hard part, is finding the doctor that's open to it, um, that will work with you and not just be so quick to prescribe a medication. Um, and that goes for nurse practitioners also. So you, a lot of times you find that out from word of mouth. And, and as I tell my patients, remember, you're paying the doctor, so he's providing a service to you. So don't be afraid to question him. It's okay. We would question anybody else if we were provided a service. Um, so ask around. Go with word of mouth. See that practitioner if you don't like what they're saying, if your gut tells you otherwise, if you walk away feeling just like, oh, I'm not sure he really listened to me, find one that will because there are plenty of doctors and practitioners out there that are changing their practice now and they want patients like you. They want a motivated patient that wants to get well. Um, you know, just like these athletes, they're motivated. If they're sick or injured, 
I would love to work with them. You know, they want to get ready and get back on their feet as quick as possible. So to be a motivated patient, that's a blessing to a doctor. And they would more than happy be glad to work with you. So just don't give up. Don't accept something that, that you don't think is right for you. Just keep searching because they are out there. And they're, they're more and more coming on board every day. I really feel that way. Yeah, absolutely. And just to reiterate, like we've both said multiple times, it's I feel like doctors truly do get into medicine because they have a good heart. Absolutely. But they're fighting an uphill battle just like we are. And so um, I think it's a two-sided thing. If enough patients come to doctors with real questions and motivation and are willing to take responsibility and actually ask the hard questions, doctors are going to start being more willing to talk about that more and more because a lot of times in the past, they've probably just been shut down if they even tried to talk about those things. Um, and there are so many doctors now, like you said, that and I finally have found those recently, there seem to be more that are really um, willing and open to talking with people about all these other like lifestyle issues as well and to working with patients who are willing to work. Um, so I definitely don't want to bash doctors at all. Uh, another idea that I was going to suggest that was what took it for me to finally get answers is I said that I went through all these doctors and all this time, I had to start keeping my own health file. And that to me is part of not just outsourcing your medical care to any health professional at all. Um, and like you said, if any other service professional, you would ask them, just like if any other service, I would keep up my own records and files and receipts. And so that was what was really helpful to me was actually keeping a file in my house that had all of my lab results from over time and all of the reports that I was getting from these doctors, even if I didn't get answers from those doctors, when I finally went to the doctor who I ended up being able to work with, I had all these years of lab results that were showing things getting slowly worse. Worse and worse. Um, and all the stuff that I had tried and I had a list of all the supplements that I was on, all things that doctors would ask you and that are on their intake forms, but I had it in one place, which I think also helped him realize how serious I was about taking responsibility and being willing to do the work, but it also gave him a more complete picture. Um, because in today's world, you have so many specialists. I feel like it's not like you can go to one doctor, like maybe they did 50 years ago who took care of you when you were pregnant and who took was your pediatrician for your kids. And if you needed heart health later, you went back to him. It we're kind of moving beyond the general doctor era. And now we have all these specialists. Um, so all of our medical records are spread across the board. So that's just my own personal tip is that it was so helpful to me to have all my medical information at my house so that I could reference it and I could see it. And um, now I have an Evernote folder that I keep all that in. Um, but do you have any encouragement on that as well with, with patients or how they can help themselves that way? Well, you know, it's amazing to me how patients, um, first of all, they don't even know their med list. And even worse, they don't even know what that prescription they're taking might be used for. And, and then they're taking it. And so know your meds. First of all, take your keep your med list with you at all times. Put it in your billfold, your purse. I'm so excited when somebody comes to me um, and they're asking a supplement question or a health question. And I ask them, well, what are your medications? And they pull out a med list. And I, I look at them and sometimes I'll hug them. It's like, I'm so glad you have this because so many people don't have it, nor do they seem to want to know it. So know your med list, keep it with you at all times. Um, you, nobody has your interest of your health better than you do. So it's great for a doctor and a practitioner to take care of you, but you are the one that's ultimately responsible, not them. You can't blame them for your, your health. You've got to look within yourself and start educating yourself and learning and make baby steps, and you will you will be on the path to much better health. 
Exactly. And let's go over a couple of those baby steps one more time for maybe anybody who's jumping in at this episode. I encourage them to go listen to the previous three as well. Um, but we've talked about just simple tips. Like if you if you do have to take an antibiotic, because sometimes they are necessary, make sure that you're supporting your gut through lifestyle, through probiotics. Same thing with you mentioned um, su- some supplements that are helpful if you're taking proton pump inhibitors or cholesterol medication. Um just can you go over some of your basic lifestyle and dietary steps that you encourage people to do, even if they're on medication, but to work with it? Sure. When I do a consultation, um, especially a wellness consultation, I really focus on food. I let them know that I'm a pharmacist, not a dietitian or, or nutritionist, but I'm obsessed with this. And I feel like I have common sense when it comes to this. And I tell them to focus on three things. And if you focus on these three things, you're going to know what you're eating and you're going to know that it's good or that it's not good. Because I find so many people, they, they will tell me what they're eating every day and they think it's pretty good, especially compared to the guy next door. And I'm not worried about the guy next door. I'm worried about you. So these three things, if you focus on these three things every day, you will be so much better. Sugar, number one, sugar creates inflammation. And as I said, other podcast inflammation is the source of chronic disease sugar disrupts the the gut bacteria sugar actually feeds the bad bacteria which only creates further inflammation and goes into the leaky gut Um, sugar includes anything made with flour breads pastas or crackers because when that is digested it turns into sugar so sugar is ginormous in our in our new world today so decrease your sugars Second of all, drink water. I mean, so many people drink these diet drinks, um, sodas, tons of coffee, juices, anything but water. It's amazing. I had one, one patient tell me he only drinks water when he brushes his teeth, and then he spits it out. <laughs> this is the truth. This is the truth. You've got to drink water to flush the toxins out, to flush. We eliminate through the bowel and the, and the uh, urine, and we do that with water. Our body's 72% water, so drink water. It's that easy, and that's free, okay? Uh, so sugar was the first one. Water's the second one. Third one is eat more colorful. And I know that sounds so dull, but you've got to eat colorful fruits and vegetables. That is how we nourish our body. That's what God intended it. There are so many nutrients in the skins of fruits and vegetables. We cannot duplicate that in a supplement or a multivitamin. It's like icing on the cake. It's the best part. So that's what we're intended to eat. And we have moved away from that drastically. Uh, we should have an emphasis on vegetables, fruits in season. Don't go overboard with fruits. They even though they're very nutritious, they have a lot of sugar too. And our ancestors did not go to the grocery store and, and get bowls of fruit to eat. So they ate fruit in season. So to me, if you focus on those three things, sugar, water, color, um, sleep well, manage your stress, you're, you're, you're on your way. Yeah, I love the colorful tip because my great-grandmother, um, the German one, Hildegard, she actually had this thing that her kids should eat the rainbow at every meal. She wanted different colors. She didn't want them to repeat any color twice on their plate, and she didn't like white. And so she would always encourage that. And um, I only know her because she lived to be well into her 90s. And so I think that's some great advice that, like you said, it seems so simple. But it also it's fun for kids. If you've got kids, they like colorful things. And so it's even easier to get them to eat those. True. And I, and I tell my patients, every where, whatever meal you're, you're at at that moment, make sure there's some type of color on the plate. I don't care if it's, you know, carrots with 
breakfast. I don't care. Put some color on that plate. It will change your life. And I know it's hard to get that many servings of fruits and vegetables. I think they say nine. And it's hard. But, hey, if you get four, you're, that's probably more than you were getting years ago. So do this. It's easy. Add color to your plate every day. It will it will fight inflammation. And inflammation, as I said, is the source of chronic disease. Exactly. And I love that advice to take baby steps, too, because... Um, if, if someone just listened to all four of these episodes in a row, it could definitely seem overwhelming. All the, the changes that it would seem like you have to make. Um, and I think baby steps can absolutely be the answer because as long as you're moving in the right direction, you're not moving in the wrong direction. So at least you're, you're starting on that path, even if it's a slow path. And that's when I, that's what I tell my, co- my consultations. I'm sure they're overwhelmed and probably eyes are just back in their head by the time it's over with. But I tell them, okay, let's pick our first battle. We're going to take a baby step here. What's it going to be? Are you going to start, are you going to give up those Diet Coke shit? Or are you going to give up your, your Triscuits? Let's pick one and we're going to work on that. And then once you get that, you're going to feel better. Then we're going to go the next step. So it's a stepwise pro- progression. However, if you're one of these people that can walk out of my, consultant room and say I'm doing all this that's tremendous um that's not the way I did it I had to baby step it most people have success that way yeah absolutely um and I again I like that you are addressing both sides and I think that's just such an important thing because it's so easy just to take the quick fix sometimes but people don't realize we're not having these health problems because we're deficient in PPIs and we're not having these health problems because we're deficient in birth control pills. There's underlying issues. And I feel like that's what you're really trying to get across to people is that you have to support both sides. And they, like, again, you're not saying there's no place for modern medicine because you are in that world every day, but you're telling people take responsibility for your health and address lifestyle as well. Yes. Agree. Agree. So to kind of wrap things up, what is the ultimate goal? You mentioned that this might be referred to as the pharmaceutical age um, in hindsight. If one of us could just wave a magic wand and fix things right now, um, what do you think is the best case scenario with where we are of patients and doctors working together and health just in America in general? Well, I think we've got to first start with the medical schools and the nursing schools and the um, pharmacy schools, educating those practitioners about Nutrition. Nutrition does matter. It's not just the food pyramid. It goes beyond that. Uh, We've got to educate them on how stress really affects every system in your body. We've got to educate them on how important sleep is. And supplements. I'm a fan of supplements. Um, I used to think it was unnecessary, that that it was just expensive urine. I no longer believe that. I believe supplements are a tool. And I feel like most doctors, if they understand a good quality supplement, they will use it as a tool. And remember, it is a tool. It's not the answer to everything. We have to combine all this together. So I feel like education is key. But what we really have to do moving forward is the moms and dads today, they have got to stop and pause and think what they're doing to their children. What are they feeding their children? Because they're the next generation. And guess what? They don't, they were born into this. You know, I've seen the changes. So I, I can... I know the difference. They don't know the difference. And I know it's so hard with these moms working full-time and dads working too. It's so hard. But you have to start somewhere. And I, I tell a lot of moms, like, at least start with, the, what are you drinking? What are you giving those kids to drink? Give them water. When my boys would have friends to come over for spend the night, uh, it's like, what do you want to drink? Water? Or water, or or do you want water? And that was it. We didn't have uh, cokes and soft drinks and 
um, juice boxes in the house. I mean, we did initially until I got educated on this, but you start that simple, you know, just start introducing them into the fruits and vegetables, get them involved in the kitchen. It's not, it's not that hard. It's not that hard, but you have to do it for their future health because they're going to be sicker than we are. They're going to be sicker. Than, they already are a lot sicker than we were as children. Yeah, exactly. That's such important advice. And, um, anybody listening that's heard my story knows that's part of my story as well. And, um, I'm so excited because it does seem like the pendulum is swinging and I feel like more and more health professionals are getting on board more and more people are waking up to this. Um, and as much as it can seem so bleak, I really do have hope that we are on the verge of this changing. And, and like you said, I think moms and dads are on the front lines. And so I'm so excited that you were able to share all this information with them today. Um, and since my community is very much online, can you tell people where we can find you online so that anyone who wants to stay in touch with you and read more that you've written can find you online? Yes. As a matter of fact, um, Tori Kelly, she's a pharmacist that I work with in the pharmacy, and I've known her since we were 18. Um, we started a blog a few months ago. It's called Two Hoots About Health. Two, as in T-W-O, Hoots About Health. And we got that name um, because we pledged uh, Chi Omega Sorority together back when we were 18, and our, our mascot was an owl. So she wanted something to unite us that way. And so we start this blog and we send out email blasts probably about every three to four weeks at this at this rate right now. We're on uh, Facebook and we're on Instagram. And you can email us at info at twohootsabouthealth.com. Love to hear from you. Follow us. I think you'll like, if you like what you've heard me discuss with Katie, you'll like the blog because we, we talk a lot about this. And uh, Tori's just as passionate about this as I am. Awesome. Mary Lee, I can't thank you enough for your time. It's been so much fun to chat. I hope we'll get to do this again in more episodes in the future. And I'll make sure to include all of those links in the show notes so that everyone can find you online as well. Thank you, Katie. I have had a blast. This has been such a fun opportunity. And I'm just so glad that I got to know you. So thank you for letting me to air it out. <laughs> awesome. And thanks all of you for listening. And we will see you next week on the Healthy Moms Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Moms Podcast. To get the bonus from the episode, as well as a content library of free health resources, join the community at wellnessmama.com forward slash podcast.